So you're about to witness a bit of a, and take part in a bit of a ceremony uh, that's going to be my installation into this role that I have as a leader, as a pastor at this church. Uh, so just like when someone starts a new job, they might get a name tag, or uh, maybe they, they might get a, a company email, and that's a symbol both of the authority that's over them in that new job, but also uh, a symbol, too, of the authority that they have in their job. And so the way that this is done in the church is that there's a kind of a, uh, a ceremony that, that installs someone into this position of spiritual authority that I'm taking on uh, in taking on this job. So I'd like to welcome up uh, Pastor Kevin. Uh, and if you have any questions about this, I know some of the language will be new. Just talk to me about it. Um, like, for instance, the word elder will be used. That's 2,000 years old from the Greek word presbyteros. Anyways, that's too much information. But that's, that's one of the words that will be used. And also, uh, an exciting thing, I don't know if I can, I'm going to say this. Pastor Kevin is getting married in two weeks. So, yeah. It's uh, amazing that he had the time to come here and be with us. So, yeah. I'll sit down. Well, first, I want to say uh, thank you for having me. This is a, a real privilege. And uh, on behalf of Covenant Church, um, I want to let you know that uh, we are praying for you. Um, you, you know, sometimes it's, it's weekly praying for your community, praying for your times of worship, for the relationships that you have together uh, and with us. So you are prayed for. And uh, it's just a, a real joy of mine to see your community this morning and experience worship with you. Uh, that is just uh, wonderful. It's also a privilege um, to be here this morning for this very special occasion. As uh, Mark has said, uh, Mark will be ordained uh, or put into this special office called El Elder of the Church, uh, and that you uh, receive leadership and good leadership in Mark. Uh, and so we celebrate that with you. Uh, and so there will be a little bit of a, a formality this morning, um, but I hope that you can um, receive joy in this and, and experience um, just the privilege of, of seeing someone come into leadership in God's church. So Congregation of Jesus Christ, uh, today we celebrate God's gift of leadership for his people. In the office bearers of the church, we see the love of Christ for his people. As the Lord of the church, he appoints leaders, and by his Spirit, he equips them so that believers may grow in faith, develop disciplined Christian living, serve others in selfless love, and share with all the good news of salvation. He taught us the spirit of true leadership when he said, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Elders serve by governing the church in Christ's name. They received this task when Christ entrusted the apostles and their successors with the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Elders are thus responsible for sp the spiritual well-being of the people of God. They must provide true preaching and teaching regular celebration of the sacraments, and faithful counsel 
and disciplined while keeping in confidence those matters that are entrusted to them. And they must promote fellowship and hospitality among believers, ensure good order in the church, and stimulate witness to all people. These tasks of elders call for believers who are Christ-like, who are mature in their faith, and who exercise their office with prayer, patience, and humility. So this morning, we have the privilege of ordaining Mark DeVos and installing him for his term of service to the village church. To express your acceptance of this office, we uh, ask you, Mark, to stand here in the presence of God and his church and to answer the following questions. Do you believe that in the call of this congregation, God himself is calling you to this office? Do you believe that the Old and New Testament are the word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and life? Do you subscribe to the doctrinal standards of this church, rejecting all teaching which contradicts them? And do you promise to do the work of your office faithfully, in a way that is worthy of your calling and in submission to the government and discipline of the church? What is your answer? I do believe God helped me. Awesome. Then at this time, I'd like to invite uh, any currently serving office bearers to come forward, uh, and we are going to do a laying on of hands. So if there are any, yeah. And, and so what we're doing in this process is um, those coming forward are currently serving as office bearers in the church. And uh, to mark this special occasion, um, we are going to pray over Mark and his leadership. And, and we do that by laying hands on uh, Mark together. So let's, uh, let's pray for Mark at this time. God, our Heavenly Father, who has called you, Mark, to this office, may he guide you by his word. May he equip you with his spirit and so prosper your ministry here at the village uh, that his name may be increased and that God may be worshipped and praised. Amen. And so, Mark, I charge you, guard yourself and all those on which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. Be a shepherd of the church of God, which he brought, bought with his own blood. Be a friend and a Christ-like example to children. Give clear and cheerful guidance to young people. By word and example, bear up God's people in the pain and weakness, and celebrate with them their joys. Hold in trust all sensitive matters uh, confided to you. Encourage the age to persevere in God's promises. Be a wise counselor. Be compassionate yet firm and consistent in rebuke and discipline. Know the scriptures which are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Pray continually for the church. Remember at all times uh, that if you would truly give spiritual leadership in the household of faith, you must be completely mastered by your Lord. And village community, I charge you, people of God, receive Mark as Christ's gift to the church. Recognize in him the Lord's provision for healthy congregational life. Hold Mark in honor. Take his counsel seriously. Respond to him with obedience and respect. Accept his help with thanks 
Sustain him in prayer and encourage him with your support, especially when he feels the burden of his office. And acknowledge him as the Lord's servant among you. Mark, I just want to bless you at this time. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God, and may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and equip you for your ministry here at the village. Amen. Amen. Here we are. So starting this week uh, and to the end of the year, we're actually going to enter in to the experience of a biblical character and their experience of the faithful presence of God. So uh, this week it'll be David, and we're just going to take a character and uh, look at their experience of the faithful presence of God. Uh, this week it'll be David, so if you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm 23, but before we, uh, before we read, um, I just have a question. Uh, where do you need a little help this morning? Where do you need a little help this morning? Uh, a friend of mine sent me this comic strip, uh, which very recently, that I wanted to read. Uh, you probably can't read it, so I'll just read it. The first scene says, it's my life. And I'll do whatever I want with it. The second one, I'm my own person. Some of you might be thinking of, you know, two-year-old or... But no, this is bigger than that. Uh, it's my life, and I'm the one who has to live it. And then the last scene, with a little help. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, this is week four of this uh, leadership uh, position, uh, and I have enjoyed every minute of it. The meetings, the pastoral care, the potlucks. <laughs> it's, it's been so good. People are like, this is a great idea. I'm like, yeah, you know, it really was. I, I'm eating very well this, uh, this month, putting on a little weight, which I can use, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, preaching is a different story. Uh, for me. Um, God have mercy. When you open the word, these words need to turn from just words on a page to, uh, to living words, to a feast uh, for our souls. And so uh, I need a little help, more than a little help. Um, we're going to pray uh, for that help. Uh, but before we do, uh, I just want to ask you, where might you need a little help or more than a little help? Uh, maybe your marriage this morning, maybe uh, parenting, maybe uh, your job, maybe uh, your health, a health concern. Where do you need help this morning? Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would turn 
these words on a page into a feast for our souls. Um, Would you be faithfully present with us this morning, even as you're faithfully present with David when he wrote this poem, this song? Uh, May the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. A friend of mine has called this the everywhere prayer, the everywhere prayer, Uh, because in every place, in every season, uh, in every struggle, David believed that his God was faithfully present with him. My prayer is that we would see that this morning. Um, Let's read the text. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk... Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We'll look at three images this morning. Number one, the first image Uh, The image of a shepherd, it's very clear. Uh, We'll spend most of our time on that image. But then, actually, the psalm shifts near the end, the second last verse, uh, to the image of God as a party host, as a party giver. So we're going to talk about that. And then, uh, lastly, we'll enter into this image of God as a faithful father. Um, First shepherd, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He personally owns God's direction. Uh, so that comic, the, kind of playfully, that, that comic starts out, my life, my authority, my direction, I know the correct path. David says, no, my shepherd knows the correct path. I trust his leading, his authority, his direction for each day, each step. Is that your conviction this morning of your God? Uh, green pastures, still waters. The psalmist has all that he could need in the direction of the shepherd. He can lie down. He can lie down. Where are you experiencing green pastures and still waters this morning? Where are these places in your life? Our slogan here is here to serve. Uh, But... uh, Our calling as Christians is more broad than that. Uh, We can rest as well uh, in these green pastures and still waters. Uh, We're not human doings. We're human beings. Uh, Where are you experiencing green pastures and still waters right now? If you don't look, uh, you won't see. I want to preface this, though. Maybe your days are not like this beautiful oasis in the desert. Uh, Maybe they're not. Um, Those who visited the Middle East tell me, uh, 
At best, uh, this land is a dry, rocky set of rolling hills covered with some tough grass in parts. Water sources are few and often seasonal. So shepherds, so David, would have to be ready to take his flock on a long migration from one water source to another. This next picture is of an intermittent river. Uh, so there was water there, and now there's not. Uh, are you on a long migration? This is a psalm, so it's a song. It's part of the, the Israelite songbook. So they would sing Psalm 23 over and over together. Uh, they'd get to this point, he restores my soul. Um, maybe God's refreshing you right now. Is he re- reviving you or retrieving you at this present moment? Let's continue to verse 3. He guides me along paths of righteousness for his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What do you fear? What do you fear? What are you afraid of? David had some very reasonable concerns, let's say, in the valleys as he grew up as a shepherd. In the valley of the shadow of death, there could be a thief. There could be a predator. There could be his death. Who knows? David says, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. David, by his example, preaches to me, and he preaches to you. Look, your security... It lies not in the green pastures and the still waters or in the darkest valley, but in your shepherd. The faithful presence of the shepherd actually handcuffs the fears. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod was a sharp stick to fight. And the staff was a, long, was a longer stick, and it was used to round up the flock. So the stick was more for defense, and the staff was more for control. And so why all this direction and protection? David says, he fights for me for his name's sake, out of loyalty to his character and his promises. And that's true for us today, village church. He will not lose sight of us. He won't. Uh, He fights for us. We are his flock. He fights for us in ways we see and ways we don't see. The beauty of this, we are the sheep of his pasture. He cares for us. So David declares the faithful presence of God. He says, in the faithful presence of God, there's neither want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want nor fear, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So God is present, and he directs as a shepherd. David transitions. So there's that picture of a German shepherd there, a German who's a shepherd holding the sheep. And then next to it, there's the the feast. So that's what happens in this text. If you look at verse 14, we move from the image of shepherd to host. We move from inside to outside, from intimate authority to intimate friendship. 
David is an honored guest at a banquet, and there's utter confidence in the host as there was in the shepherd. So read the text. You prepare a table before me. Uh, so there's a lavish, lavish supply of food and drink uh, and oil only for the most esteemed of guests, the text goes on. And this symbolizes the lavish supply of God. Uh, verse 5 says, you prepare a table for me for the, in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean, in the presence of my enemies? So eating at a table in the presence of enemies. I don't know exactly. Um, my sense is that the big bad enemies will be there, but they're brought down to size. Uh, they do not keep David from the feast of God. Uh, so we see that this lavish supply is not just a one-off event like Thanksgiving. Uh, there's tons of food, tons of people. Then everyone goes home and you got leftovers. No, uh, it's the feast of God that David's talking about is more like the village church. The food keeps on coming. Uh, it's, it's more like the village church. They just, the food just keeps on coming. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Uh, the next image that we have is actually not in the text, and that's of a faithful father. Um, our line, the last line is, surely goodness, you can move to the next slide, uh, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we have God's love directs. We have earlier kind of the, the rod and the staff. Um, we have God, God's love prov providing in this feast. Um, but uh, here we have God's love following. So, surely the goodness and love of God shall follow me. As you leave this place, God's faithful presence follows you into your week. In relationships, there's often give and take. Um, there's few relationships that kind of work out perfectly, but in particular, parent and child. Uh, you have, the, for instance, the mother giving 100% and just following the baby's growth, following the baby through childhood, through into youth and young adult. That's what it's like with God. In our relationship with God, God's present and God is responsive, like a parent. And so much so that Jesus, when he teaches on God, he teaches that God is our Father, a faithful Father. So I'd like to share a children's story, actually, that depicts this. Um, the love that a, a Heavenly Father has for his children. It's called, Wherever You Are, My Love Will Find You. And I'd like to invite you to close your eyes, if you like, for this. Picture God saying this to you. I wanted you more than you will ever know. So I sent love to follow you wherever you go. It's as high as you wish it. It's as quick as an elf. You'll never outgrow it. It stretches itself. So climb any mountain, climb up to the sky. My love will find you, my love can fly. Make a big splash, go out on a limb. My love will find you, my love can swim. It never gets lost, never fades, never ends. If you're working, 
or playing or sitting with friends. You can dance till you're dizzy, paint till you're blue. There's no place, not one, that my love can't find you. If someday you're lonely, someday you're sad, you strike out at baseball or think you've been bad, just lift up your face, feel the wind in your hair. That's me, my love's right there. In the green of the grass, in the smell of the sea, in the clouds floating by at the top of the tree, in the sound crickets make at the end of the day, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved, they all say. My love is so high, so wide and so deep, it's always right there even when you're asleep. So hold your head high and don't be afraid to march to the front of the parade. You're still my small baby, or you're all the way grown. My promise to you is you're never alone. You're my angel, my darling, my star. My love will find you wherever you are. You're loved. You can open your eyes. I find some of the most beautiful, profound truth can be communicated in a simple way. That of a children's story. My promise to you is you're never alone. Think about it. We have the intimate shepherd, more intimate host, even more intimate father. This goodness, this love is not just solid and dependable, but vigorous in its pursuit. Like the vigorous pursuit of a parent. All we like sheep have gone astray. We need vigorous pursuit. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside quiet waters. He would do anything for me. So the good shepherd, what did he do? What did he do? He laid down his life for his sheep. And while we're saints now in Christ, Christ is still after our hearts, beautifully and relentlessly. We have a God who pursues. This is the story, this whole Bible the whole thing, these lambs repeatedly going off track, but the shepherd coming and bringing them back. So what do you fear? What do you need a little help with? What's maybe your shadow of death, as David called it? Don't hide from it. Look at it in the face boldly. Then look again into the face of your shepherd. My good shepherd, who became a sheep for me. There are many reasons for the valleys in life. There are many reasons. We don't know all of them. But God's disposition of being unreliable isn't one of them. His love's always right there. We're being pursued by love. And I don't always see it. But I see it in this passage, and I see it in the world around me, in the green of the grass, in the smell of the sea, in the clouds floating by at the top of a tree. We need to close, but I want you to dwell on it and taste it. Taste the faithful presence of God this week. When you're waiting at a doctor's appointment for a doctor, or going for a walk, or driving through the country. You're under the care of the great shepherd. You have the gaze of a heavenly father who loves you more than you know. 
My love is so high, so wide, and so deep. It's always right there, even when you're asleep. If you're still my small babe, or you're all the way grown, my promise to you is you're never alone. Surely, goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives. Let's pray. Dear God, in faith, right now, right now, we declare with David that you are with us, faithfully present. This week, you are with us. When we go to the doctor, when we're driving through the country, wherever we are, you are with us. You're with us this month. You're with us this year. You're with us this decade. Surely your goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in your house forever. And all God's people said,